What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're talking about hip mobility. How long have those hips been tight for you? How long have you been doing that same hip flexor stretch? How long have you been continuously doing yoga and you're not opening up with those tight hips? This episode is for you. We're going to be talking about the importance of hip mobility for everyday life. We're going to be talking about how your hip mobility can be limiting your low back. And also, you know, I always have to leave you with actionable steps. I'm going to provide you with some movements and some other tips on what you can do to start helping your own hip mobility from the comfort of your own home. All right. So first, I want to share with you all a story of how some of these movements that you're going to receive at the end are some of these movements that I actually provided for one of my in-person clients and helping her increase her hip mobility, which she had none of when it came to internal rotation. So I've been working with this client for a few months and um, all this happened, you know, we were all spending a lot more time at home. We were working from home on our computers. So it means we were sitting a lot more. So sit a lot more at work. She was trying to work out. She was trying to even just take walks for her neighborhood, but her knee would always feel unstable. It always felt like it would want to give out. Her hips were always so tight. Her hamstrings so tight. Her low back always felt tight and it would hurt. And she also would have sciatica going down her legs. So when we first met, those were um, a handful of problems that she was dealing with. Now, through a thorough assessment, through us um, identifying her root cause, we found out that her hips were chronically tight, meaning that she had so much, um, let's say, increased range of motion or like hypermobility when it came to externally rotating her hip, meaning her knee was outward, her foot was more towards the inside of her body, the midline of her body, as opposed to internal rotation, which is if I laid you on your back, I had you bent in your knee, hip at 90, knee at 90, then I had you move your knee towards the midline of your body and your foot towards the outside, that is internal rotation. We should have both of those, but for her specifically, she had so much external rotation, which you think about sitting, we used to call it back in the day, crisscross applesauce, or you sit with that one leg out, so that knee's out, almost like a butterfly. She had so much mobility in that range, but not the opposite way. And because of that, it caused us to start to compensate in other places like our low back. So later on today, I'm going to talk about how having those chronic hips and not having your full range of motion or full mobility in your hips It can be something that can be limiting or causing problems in your low back, all right? So let's start off with talking about why it's so important to have hip mobility in our everyday life. I don't think we think about how important our hips, which are a hip, like a ball and socket joint, they have so much mobility, so many degrees of motion, of movement. They flex, so our hips flexes, meaning that our knee bends and we bring our knee up towards our body. Our hip extends. I have a lot of people, when I lay them face down on the table, I have them lift their hip up in the air, their foot up towards the ceiling because I want to see how well they have a hip extension. That also goes internal and external rotation. Like I explained with that previous patient, the previous client, that external rotation is opening up that hip more in that crisscross applesauce, that butterfly sit position. 
Internal rotation is doing the opposite. So bringing your knee towards your midline. We also have circumduction, which is just moving our hip in a circular pattern. One of the movements I'm going to suggest is something called like hip cars, which this helps us move that entire ball and socket. So move our entire hip through that socket. And then last but not least, we have a deduction and a B which is one bringing it towards the midline and one bringing it out. So thinking about things that involve, like I have people lay on their side and I have them do side lying raises, going away from your body is abduction. Going towards your body, towards the midline is adduction, so adduction. Those are the six movements. Most people don't move that well in each of those movements. And like I mentioned before, some people don't even move in certain movements like internal rotation. We have to make sure that all six of those movements are being honestly trained and that our body even knows that they can access them. We use those movements in everyday like everyday activities. Things like walking. We got hip flexion. We have some extension. Things like sitting on the toilet. We have to be able to flex our hips. Sitting down all day, being able to stand up from our chair. We have to be able to flex our hips, extend, stand up, rolling over in our bed. Some people who have those uh, catches in their low back, the fact that their hips aren't moving how they should, on top of other things, that's just a portion of it, could be the reason why rolling over sometimes is uncomfortable. Walking. And one of my favorite things that people do not think about is picking stuff up off the floor. Nine times out of 10, when it comes to clients coming to me because they have a low back flare up or because their back quote unquote went out, I'm looking at their low back in reference to their hips. How well are their hips moving? Do they have hip mobility? So when they went over or bent over to pick something up off the floor, did they bend and flex at their low back? Or did they bend and flex at their hips? And most of the time they're using their low back because they don't have the mobility in their hips. Or also they don't know how to use their hips properly to bend over and pick something off of the floor. So those are things that are super important and why hip mobility matters so much. Therefore, if we're not using our full hip to its full capability, we start compensating and we start recruiting from other parts of the body. Specifically, one of the big ones, our low back. Next thing we were talking about, how hip mobility can limit your low back, right? So perfect example. We're going to explain a little bit more. How many times, and you have done this or you've watched or seen someone do this, you bend over to pick something up off the floor. Most of the time, your knees are straight, your butt is back, and you flex or you roll your back in order to pick that thing up. Over and over again, nothing really happens. You don't feel a strain or a pull in your low back, mostly because you're possibly picking up, you know, um, less heavier things, so lighter things. But as you start to pick heavier things up, maybe it's a box, maybe it's a pot, maybe it's your kid, that one day that back flares up or it pops, quote unquote, goes out. And you're wondering, what the hell did I just do right in this motion that just made my back, quote unquote, give out? Why am I feeling so weak? Why is this happening? One of the biggest things I tell people or um, after assessing them, I find out it's because of their hip mobility. They don't have the right mobility in their hips in order to bend their knees, flex in their hips where they need to, engage their core, keep their back straight, and pick something up off the floor. But we start compensating because we don't know how to use our hips. And because our low back picks up the slack, that's how we lead to those low back flare-ups. Our hips are so important for what is happening above and below. If you don't have mobility in our hips specifically, 
which is that ball and socket joint, if they're not moving how it should, then it has to pick up mobility from somewhere for everyday movement. So instead of you bending and flexing at your hip to sit down or to stand up, you may notice that, hey, you're starting to put your hands on your thighs, pushing yourself up now because maybe your hips are hella tight. You can't generate the power through your glutes to stand up. What happens in the front happens to the back. So when we think of the front, we think of our hip flexor. We think of our quad, all right? That's the front of our hip. When we think of the back, we think of our glutes. We think of our hamstring. Our glutes is what helps us stand up. They would help us have hip extension. So if our hips are so tight, that means they're weak. We can't generate power. We can't tell that muscle to turn on like it should. So when we go to do things like stand up, we start filling it in our low back. We start noticing that we have to use our hands and push up off of either the chair that we're sitting on or off of our own thighs because our butt muscles, our glutes cannot engage. And that has a lot to do with not having enough hip mobility in your hips. Things like not only standing up off the chair, but how we get down. How are we sitting down? That plays a role. If our hips are so tight, that can determine one how high of a chair we can have, how low of a chair we can have. Back in the day, we used to do everything in this deep squat position. And as we continue to go on through the years, some of these things that created like certain chairs, some of them are crutches, meaning that, hey, we have a chair that now we can bring up higher, which means that we don't have to flex our hip as much. We now have toilets that instead of us squatting down to meet the toilet, the toilet is now coming up to us, which means that we don't have to flex our hips as much. And as we start using those things and not getting used to sitting in these deep squat positions or sitting where our hips can even get possibly below our knees, our hips are getting tighter and tighter. Our flexors, our muscles that are in the front of our hips, start shortening, causing us to either stop using our glutes as much, causes us to start having some low back pain, and then we're not using our proper muscles in order to stand up. So hip mobility is super important when it comes to everyday activities. And if we're not having the right amount, then we start compensating. And one of the biggest places that it goes to is our low back. So if you notice that you're having any of those low back flare ups, if you fit into the category of people that your low back just tends to give out, quote unquote, and you're not sure why, this is a good place to start is to start by increasing your hip mobility. All right. So last but not least, we're going to talk about some ways that you can start increasing your hip mobility. And I'm also going to give you some tips and some things that maybe you're doing throughout your day that you can actually stop doing that can help with those hips. So first off, you already know I'm going to say it. We have to start standing up more. If you're sitting down for hours at a time, those hip flexors, those muscles that are in the front of our hips are constantly shortened. They're constantly getting tight and tight equals weak. So we have to start standing up more. The best way I tell my clients is to set a movement timer. Once an hour, set a timer that gets you up and moving from your desk. I would like it to eventually be five minutes, but meet me where you're at. All right. So start with 60 seconds. If that just means you standing up to go take a lap around your house, that is something better than sitting in the same position for so long. All right. So getting up, moving around at least once an hour is something that's going to help with your hip mobility. Next, I know some of you have that special position that you sit in, you know, you pick your foot up, you sit on your foot. So one hip is outward in this like half butterfly, right? Most people are sitting in that position and they have that favorite hip that they like to sit in. What that starts to 
happen, what that starts to cause in your body, I should say, is now that hip is so used to being an externally rotation. It's so used to being opened up. Over time, the body starts remembering that position like, hey, I can have more flexibility. I can open up more in this hip. Now, I know you're like, but you just told me to open up my hips. You just told me to stretch out my tight hips and get them moving more. There's a difference from having too much mobility and having too much external rotation. And at times, we spend so much in that one position that that means we lack it in the other position, which is internal rotation. So changing how you're sitting, trying not to favor one leg or one hip over the other while sitting in that kind of half butterfly open up position. I know some of us have that habit, so just trying to switch it up from time to time. Last but not least, we're going to talk about some movements and some exercises you can do. So first, you know I'm all about lacrosse balls as opposed to foam rollers. So take a lacrosse ball, lay on your stomach, place that ball on a tight spot, like a not tender spot. You'll find it as you push into your quad or your hip flexor. And put that ball there, lay face down, and just bend your knee. All right, so bending and straighten out your knee allows us to pin and stretch out those quads or that hamstrings, which I'm really big on pinning and stretching as opposed to just being face down and rolling our body over a foam roller. So using a lacrosse ball to help get some of those knots out, get some more blood flowing to those quads or hip flexor, and also using the same thing on your hamstrings, so those muscles in the back of your leg. Next, the 90-90 progression. Pretty much every video, if I'm sitting on the floor, I'm sitting in 90-90, or one of the first movements I provide to people is this 90-90 position. And honestly, it's just training our brain to connect that, hey, our muscles in our hip, our hip Joint moves in both directions, specifically internally and externally. So I'm going to make sure that I tag these videos in the episode notes so you can see what I mean by when I say 90-90 progression. But just to break it down a little bit, one hip is in an externally rotated position and the other hip is in an internally rotated position. So we're just going back and forth, making sure that our brain and our body knows that, hey, we can get into these positions. And once we get used to just using it um, and depending on our hands to hold us up instead of our core, we progress by taking away what's on the ground meaning so instead of using our hands on the ground we're getting used to us being that kind of windshield wiper us moving our hips so i'll tag those 90 90 progressions in the episode notes so you can have a place to start working on your hip mobility and have a place that as you start noticing like hey this is getting easier i have some steps and some progressions that you can move to the next thing Last but not least, remember the client that I mentioned that she had little to none, literally zero internal rotation. I had to honestly get her brain into recognizing that, hey, her hip can move this way. So not only did we have to get some muscles around her hip to relax, but we also had to start training that movement. So this is one of the only reasons that I use a foam roller and I'll tag this video at the bottom, but I use a foam roller either up against the wall in between her knees to get her to push into that foam roller and start going into internal rotation. So using something else as a, as a feedback tool is better than just having your hip in the air when we're first learning what that movement should feel like. So I had her put that up against the wall and use that to start training that internal rotation movement. I also had her lay face down and just focus on one hip at a time, driving that knee into the foam roller and lifting up, internally rotating and lifting up that foot towards the ceiling. So I'll tag you in that. Not everything that has to um, help increase mobility has to be a stretch. As you see from these movements I'm going to tag, some of those are honestly us just retraining the brain, slow and 
unsure, using feedback tools in order to take our hips through certain movements that maybe we just haven't accessed in a while. So by doing that and using that as a compound effect, instead of like sitting all day and getting tight hips or just not stretching or sitting in the crisscross applesauce position, we are starting to use mobility and making sure everything in that ball and socket joint, so our entire hip is moving in each one of those planes in order to make sure our hip can be freely movable. All right. So I hope I didn't nerd out too much. I'm a big fan of the hips and I'm definitely a big fan of just honestly looking above and below to what is bothering you. If you want more details, if you want to go more in depth and you are local to the Sacramento area this Saturday at Evo Training Collective at 1030, I'm hosting a hip mobility workshop. So for one hour, we're going to talk about the hip, the importance of hip mobility, and you're going to leave with movements that you can start incorporating into your everyday life to start increasing and improving your hip mobility from the comfort of your own home if you want more info about that you want to join up there are i think five more slots left so i will tag that in the episode notes and tag you can catch that on march 19th as always my goal is to help you move better feel better and be resilient i holler at y'all on the next episode